twin sons on a Womp Rat's tail. Welcome back to the Tumbling Saber podcast, everybody. I'm Kyle. I'm Corey. And Carlos should be joining us shortly. He's he's running behind tonight, but we had to get going because uh, you know what? We're old. <laughs> We're old. We can't stay up all night doing this. So he's going to come and jump jump on once he is uh, ready to go. But for now, you got uh, you got the two of us. And you know what, uh, Corey, just to start, someone needs to tell these scoopers and news outlets to ration out their news at a bit of a different pace. Because last week, we had like four to five significant news items along with a big whack of collecting news. And this week, we've only got a couple of things. Like I would say like two and a half pieces of news this week to talk about. No, no show to wrap up, no content to review. I'm sure undoubtedly we'll fall into some rabbit hole. But uh, yeah, we need to spread the news out a little bit. So yeah, no, I don't know. It's a rat race, man. Click, click, click. <sighs> Got to get it out there, man. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's the thing with like spoilers. Just talking about that uh, uh, to Carlos DM this week. And uh, I was like, man, like, can't people just keep it to themselves? And the answer is no, no, they can't. They just, they have to be the first person to say something. Uh, about the latest show to drop or whatever it is and, and expose it online and get the clicks and get those likes and retweets all for clout. And it's such a drag. It's so annoying. But, you know, you can ask for consideration all you like. You're not going to get it, at least not from enough people, because it only takes a couple of people to be jerks. And a couple of tweets go around and suddenly you're ruined. The experience is ruined. Hey, you, you want to hear something crazy? I'm always up to hear uh, something crazy. I I have seen and read six out of seven Harry Potter movies and books. I've never seen the seventh, uh, seventh film or read the seventh book yet. Why? And this, I don't know. It's been like, <laughs> that's ridiculous. Over, I know it's been like 10 years and I, I just never got to it. And I, I, you know what? I have not been spoiled. Even with this whole, uh, Spider-Man thing, man, like the, the, biggest movie ever <laughs> like i have still haven't had a chance to see it and uh yeah me neither. you know technically I, I get that they're you know i we we knew i knew toby mcguire whoa whoa, whoa. hey Andrew, hey 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 whatever everybody knew no nobody <laughs> there's some might be some people that don't know well anyway let's 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 be considerate okay cool whatever yeah i i knew beforehand so that part you're not gonna get any clout here Corey. so you don't have to share any spoilers well, look, what I'm saying is it's like I have this ability kind of almost to like when I'm scrolling through my feed at points or looking at news and stuff on like MSN or Google, like if I see something in relation to that, like it's like it's almost as if I go cross-eyed and I'm just like, no, nope. it's like, don't look, just don't look, just don't look. Do you remember that from The Simpsons? Treehouse of Horror? Vaguely. You would think I would know because we watch so much Simpsons here now, but. No, it's when, not jumping. It's when all mind. the uh, like statues and stuff come alive. No, because they're not ringing a bell. All the advertising. No. Sorry, man. Just don't look. <laughs> so, how's your week been, Star Wars wise? Any anything uh, going on? Uh, not really, man. To be honest, I mean, I was kind of sad yesterday not to get to watch Boba Fett. My son as well. You that know what? Though, like, like, it feels kind of good in a way. Like, we can breathe now, and we don't have to worry about the implications of this plot line and what's going on. It's done. We can now just sit back and enjoy it and look forward to what's next. Listen, Kyle, I wanted Eva episodes, okay? 
<laughs> you don't deserve it. <sighs> we don't we don't get to make those demands. I know. I'm joking. <laughs> we got what we got and it was really awesome. I was just uh, you know, it's always nice to have that <clears throat> that weekly Star Wars thing to talk about and like enjoy. I need to talk about just sit there and bask in its glory because that's what it's been lately. Yeah, no, I know what you mean. Like, would we be happier if literally every week we had a new show to digest? Like, would we be happy? Uh, I don't think so, man. I don't. I don't want the. Uh, you know, we don't need that the Star Trek vibe. Like, I, I saw this thing once recently where it was like Star Trek. I think I, I think they must have like six shows going right now or something. Four or five, maybe four or five. Like literally. Well, yeah, and I think the thing with Star Trek is a lot. A lot of the shows are are aimed at different demographics. Yeah, and there's nothing wrong with that. Don't get me no, wrong. No. They're, and they're doing there's... they're doing a good job actually. Like Prodigy is pretty good. Yeah, that's what, and that's what I mean. Like, so if you're you're an adult and you want like the Discovery or the Picard, you will get those. But if you you know the lower decks and some of the shows that skew younger, you don't have to watch those. They're not for you. So don't don't sweat those. But you know what? <laughs> I'm being hypocritical because we would gather around to discuss the shows. Like, you know what? Maybe not because we we, we kind of dropped Resistance at a certain point. Yeah. Yeah. I was just going to say the same thing. Like, I liked Resistance, but I mean, it was a beautiful show. I'll say that. It just uh, it didn't necessarily hold my heart, but it did in a small way. <laughs> it's hard you to can explain, say it. I guess. You, you, you can say that it didn't work for you totally. You can say it. It's okay. Yeah. It didn't work for me totally. There you go. We'll talk. We should talk, bring this up later, man. Like with the, I got some Star Wars hot takes kind of deal. You know oh, what I mean? Jeez. Yeah, but like in a good way. It's like that's what I'm saying. Like <laughs> I really did like Resistance, you know. But uh, again, it didn't ca- didn't captivate my heart. Well, yeah, and yeah, also because we, you kind of knew. Like I, at least I knew from the minute they announced that show. It didn't take very long for me to go. This is going to be a two season show. Just looking at the timing of it all, saying you know, the show is going to kind of line up ish with the end of rise of skywalker and that's it this show is not going to go beyond rise of skywalker it's over two seasons done and lo and behold uh-huh. at some point uh it was confirmed that yeah yeah this is this is uh the final season it's like yeah no, of course it is and then some people you know got on their 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 high horse and said oh you see lucasfilm's ruining star wars this, this show's being canceled after two years no it was just planned that way yeah it all Get coincided it together get a grip but in not not even that like i'm i'm pretty sure put it this way like if we saw the colossus in live action along with the uh the aces people would lose their shit well it wasn't uh some of those ships in that final battle scene at uh, probably Exegol? i mean there was probably potatoes and shoes in there too though you know what i mean probably yeah they probably snuck all kinds of of crap in there <laughs> Right. Well, that, there was there was that a whole number up, one, like, Corey. See, we thought this would be a quick podcast this week. Ah, oh, there's always something to talk we're about. Already into a rabbit hole. It, weren't people even like hunting down razor crests at one point, <laughs> going back after it? Well, I think there was one ship that resembled a razor crest. I don't know. I haven't watched Rise of Skywalker in a couple of years now, so. Good for you, man. No, it's no, actually it's been a year and four months or so. Got to pick that up soon. But you know what? I did break a streak. I did watch uh, Attack of the Clones early this week. It may, may have actually been on the weekend. Cool, man. Yeah. First time in a couple years for sure on that one. 
And it was it's, it's the weirdest part of watching that movie this time around, because there's lots of weird stuff in that movie. And, you know, I, I like weird stuff. But this was sort of weird in a different way, was seeing a much younger Tamara Morrison. You know, being reintroduced to him, as we have through uh, through the Disney Plus shows in the last couple of years, seeing him now on Attack of the Clones with like a full head of hair, uh, a little leaner in the face, <laughs> you know, no scarring. You know, it's it was like, wow, look at, look at the passage of time. <laughs> yep. 20, 20 years. Well, we see that more and more like <clears throat> being the, I guess, in our our midlife. It's, we're in such like a weird time, man, for that to see, I don't know, like celebrities do their whole career in a way. Well, yeah, and... look at look at Mark Hamill and, and Carrie Fisher to an extent and, and Harrison Ford, to, for that matter. Like they went from being young adults into senior citizen years. You know, I swear to God, all those award ceremonies where they show who died over the year, years. Like, oh, I'm every, such, every uh, year they forget I'm so somebody. Emotional. Every year ah, they forget true. somebody and go, ah, how did they forget this person? What were they thinking? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's true. Because there's a lot of people like, I guess, who deserve credit, but you don't necessarily know, but deserve, you know, and accolades. But uh, yeah, I'm, I I get so emotional watching those things with the music, man. I can't not help myself. I just prefer listening a hard time. to, uh, to uh, Hollywood Babylon, Kevin Smith and Ralph Garman, where they talk about uh, Hollywood stiffs. <laughs> <laughs> every week they go through who died in Hollywood. And of course it's, it's Ralph Garman. So you cringe and go, Oh my God, dude, too soon. <laughs> I'll never forget when he eulogized the, uh, the guy who did the voice for Tony, the tiger. Oh boy. Days after he's died <laughs> in a grave. <laughs> oh boy. That's not cool, man. Oh jeez. Hey, that's That's Ralph Garman for you. That's what he does. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Uh, aside from that, uh, you know that that trip down memory lane with Attack of the Clones, I uh, I started, I cracked open the Fallen Star, the latest from Claudia Gray in the High Republic series, and good lord, that book just ramps up the anxiety and dread from from the beginning. Like this is gonna be a tough book to get through, <laughs> in a good way. But yeah, it's a culmination of sort of like the first phase, I guess, of these stories. Boy, oh boy, like people are going to drop in this series or at least in this book. And yeah, they, they, the dread, just like the oncoming dread, it's, it's already there in the first 50 pages. Like the Jedi know something's up. They can't quite put their finger on it. It's right under their nose. And you're just like, oh, God damn it. <laughs> you idiots. No wonder the order falls. So yeah, I cracked into that. It's been it's been good so far. I'm really enjoying the first whatever I'm at seventy five pages in ish. A lot of fun. I'm worried though. I'm worried for some of my favorites. Yeah, I'm 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 kind of sad, man. Like I really, I need to somehow get into the High Republic. You like, do. Uh, like, oh. and I, I need the uh, the crash course in a way. Like I've really I haven't been spoiled on it. Luckily, like I know there's a that big space station deal. <laughs> in the okay. outer rim that's pretty much all i got and i i, I know the, the there's an opposing party there the bad guys whatever the nile but, uh, the Drengear. yeah yeah i've really you know i have a whole bunch of comics on it and stuff but uh, i just i'm not sunk my teeth into it and i just i don't even know where to start now you know what i mean and i'll tell you and even I'll at tell that you where to start you just you pick up light of the jedi charles soul you start there 
but here's the thing like i don't necessarily want to like read everything you know what i mean like i, I might want to let it play out a bit more and be like let's be, be like okay you like these three books or are like the uh you know the books you need to read and still yeah, I, you'll, you'll yeah, still catch the for sure so start with light of the jedi charles soul and then you go to uh what's the second one kevin scott wrote it i just finished it not long ago. hold on Do, 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 do. rising storm that's the ticket the rising storm you, f you go with that book and then you cap it off with with um the book i'm reading now fallen star that's the three novels you go with that's hmm. that that follows sort of the broadest scope story it, it, all the mainline characters are in it most of them anyway and it you know it, it, that's those are the books that are written for adult readers and of course, there are there are a lot of stories beneath that for for younger readers. But if, like you said, you can't read everything, but those are the three, and that would that that tells you a complete story. And the comics fill in a lot of the gaps, flesh out some of those characters. You get and and what's cool is that you get to uh, you see a lot of art, and you get to really visualize that that corner of of the of of the galaxy, or that era of the galaxy. So that's what I would say, man. Start with start with those three books, and then just wait until the fall, because that's when the uh, the second phase kicks off, which goes backwards even from where we are now. It goes back like another hundred and fifty years before that, I think. <clears throat> wait, what? I had you on mute there for a sec. Oh, for God's sakes! <laughs> I'm joking. I'm taking notes. And you should probably, I... by by now you should they should be all in, in like paperback. So if you only want to spend like ten bucks per copy. That should be pretty well. You know what? Not not the new one, not Fallen Star, but uh, certainly Light of the Jedi. You can definitely grab that in paperback by now. But yeah, don't sleep yeah. on these stories, man. They're really cool. They're not burdened down by by forty years of Skywalker era lore. They they are wide open, and it's a really like. Can you cool can book. you let, let me ask you this? Like, I'm curious about this. Like, do you sense? a difference in the technology as in it's better or less it's the same yeah I mean, they, eh? they talk about like hyperspace as if it's a, a very new thing or something that they're still figuring out otherwise most of the stuff is is the same wasn't well, it that they're like probably still mapping the galaxy maybe yeah yeah it's a time of expansion they're moving out to the outer rim trying to bring those those planets and systems into the republic but yeah that i mean you still have cruisers and and starfighters and the jedi still have lightsabers and blasters are everywhere like it's the same the, the aesthetic the feel is still there in your mind when you're reading it's just that some things are a little less known such as hyperspace specifically hyperspace but yeah that for sure you start with those High Republic books, those three mainline adult novels, and and I guarantee you'll you'll like them. It, they're they're very heavily focused on Jedi, which I know is right up your street. So it's a can't miss. Mm, you got them, Kyle. You're not getting them from me. What? Yeah. <laughs> Bloodline. <laughs> it's been missing what five years now. I think you ha you got you have Bloodline. You're just missing the sleeve, right? No, you you found the sleeve. You're still missing the book. Hmm. <laughs> mm hmm. You're rat. That's rested. 
Anything new to the collection this week? You know what? <clears throat> I, I don't think I spoke about this. Oh, dear. I'm looking at my email right now. Uh, thank you. The toy snowman is thanking me. So who knows when I'm actually going to get this stuff. But uh, yeah, first and foremost, I want to say a big thanks to Carlos DM. Again, the Canadian Cape Crusader. Like I was looking for that Lobo figure. And uh, he, he was looking out for me. He said he, he's like, he's got a beat on one. He's got my back. And uh, I had one pre-ordered. Luckily, it arrived today. So I was super stoked about that. Cool. Yeah. My son, he's, uh, he doesn't listen to the pod, so it's all good. But his birthday is right around the corner. He's been begging me for a Boba Fett, right? And now, you know, they were, they were pretty stacked deep not too long ago at Toys R Us, right? The deluxe one. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and yeah, all gone. So anyway. I scored a, a carbonized version for 39 bucks, but then there was shipping on top of it. So <clears throat> more like 50, I guess, but whatever. It's his birthday. It's a cool figure, I guess. You know, the box is nice. <laughs> That's just what 10 year olds love. They yeah. just love the, the, they love that inbox look. It's so weird though. You know, I've told them like, you, you totally like go for it, bro. Like, but because I once showed them how, how like, I showed him on Amazon though how much uh, Echo and Rex were going for Bad Batch Rex. I was like, yeah, check those, this those, out, man. Those third-party seller things on on those type on Amazon, oh, yeah. Walmart, it's the, garbage. That stuff doesn't yeah. sell. Nobody pays no, one hundred and fifty bucks for for a figure that's still on the shelves. It's so strange the the algorithms they use. It's very messed up. But anyhow, it's so stupid. Anyway, I, I actually hooked Lobo up through Amazon and came in good shape. So I was pretty stoked about that for, you know, at retail, which is good. Uh, and I also scored Doc and Biff, the NECA figures. Nice. Cause I have like a sweet Marty one. And, you know, I think Doc was like 31 bucks. So I was like, I'm not missing this man. And Biff was a little more expensive, but uh, together was okay. And anyhow, check this out, man. <laughs> oh my God. The toy snowman I ordered uh, black series Omega. Uh, what else we got? The Death Watch Mandalorian. Uh, Black Series Echo. Sweet. And Mandalorian Ahsoka Tano. They roped you back in, huh? Yeah, we got the... Uh, that's a pretty hefty bill I'm looking at there. <laughs> oh, no doubt. Yeah, that was the stuff that uh, we talked about last week that went up for pre-order. So <laughs> they got you back in. Uh, I couldn't help myself, man. <laughs> No, if you're going to do the Bad Batch, you need Echo, right? Yeah, it's, like a, it's a, to me, it, I mean, I guess your mileage may vary, but to me, it's an all or nothing proposition. And that's that's and, why I'm so infuriated right now, because I have Wrecker and Tech, but uh, Hunter and... The I other told guy. you I saw a Tech. Oh, you have Tech. I have Tech. I just said that. Hunter and the sniper guy. Uh, what's his face? Crosshair. Crosshair. They're lost. And the guy, my my dealer, isn't answering, and I it's it's been so long since I ordered them that I there's no way I'm gonna get a refund. It's it's just such a mess. I can't. It, it makes me so mad, and I'm not gonna be able to find or at least easily find those two figures. So it's like, do I even want to keep Tekken and Wrecker? Like I part you'll of me just get them, to... bro. Just stand to hold the line. Why? Because they're so cool. It's the Bad Batch, bro. 
I don't know. Either I get all five or I dump them. Dump the two. You're going to get all five. Just what you got to do is have patience, man. Yeah, but it's at the point where I'm like, I don't even know if I want them anymore. Like when I pre-ordered them, sure, definitely. They're cool. I want them now. Wait now for season two, bro. They're not. Uh, I don't know that they're going to reissue them. No, Especially since they, that, were, they were exclusives. It's going to reinvigorate your, your passion. Mm. You're like, no, I must have the Bad Batch. Mm, I don't know about that. Anyway, yeah, I mean, I, lo- I looked at it. Omega, like I had to round it out, the Bad Batch, right? Any Mandalorian, it's kind of cool to have now. Like with this Mandalorian, I think I'm going to have, like I was thinking in my head the other day, I just wrote a list. I think I must have at least 11 or 12 different Mandalorians now. In Black Series, which it's, is pretty sweet. It's nuts. I mean, the guy's been around for two years. You know, just uh, a, a hair over two years. And to have that one? many. Mando. He's been out well, since. Well, no, no. You're saying you have what eleven different Mando Black Series figures? Like just different, like you know, I got Death Watch Mandalorian, Sabine. Oh, 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 oh. okay. I thought you like the character of Mandalorian. No, 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 not at all. I think they've made, uh, they've probably made at least four or five oh, of him. If you include four. Credit Collection, there's probably at least like eight, nine. Well, I'm looking at my shelf. There's one, two, three, four on my shelf alone, and I don't own them all. <laughs> there's there's two from the Credit Collection at least. Uh, the Carbonized, the Beskar. Uh, the Covert Mando, number 94. There's uh, the Deluxe with Grogu and the uh, Covered in Mud. There's the one with the Spider. Yeah, the, I, right off the top of my head, I can think of nine different Mandalorian figures in Black Series Jeez. in two years. It's crazy. Like, they've gone completely nuts with this character. Yeah, and people are buying it. And you know, sadly... I still need one, man. I I have zero Beskar Mando. Like I have the original '94, like found in the wild, man. Like I did everything to get that figure. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's 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 funny. It's for a guy that's been so mass produced. I I don't know that I've ever seen one on the shelf either. I saw. Remember, just last year, I saw three. I bought one for your boy. Yeah. Yeah, we've got like three carbonized or three three Beskar Mandos in this house. <laughs> That's sick, bro. Ah, uh, cool. All right, so yeah, they they've uh, they've got you back in on the Black Series. I I haven't touched any of those. I laid off the the uh, the pre the pre sales. I figure I'm just going to wait. Like they'll hit the shelves at some point, and either I'll get them or I won't. But the success rate I have with you know being in the collector groups that I'm a part of. My success rate's pretty good, so I feel like I yeah. can, anything that I need, I will get. And and like I said, like I I sent some photos to you today that were pretty stupid in price, but at the same time, you know, I saw Bo Katan in, in duplicate, triplicate, uh, Costco Reeves, uh, Tech in duplicate at Toys R Us. So you know, yeah, that's kind of nice. Those, like those, yeah, it's nice to see those, but those those three are becoming peg warmers. Maybe not Costa uh, Reeves so much, but but Bo-Katan and Tech are becoming a little bit of a peg warmer. I'll tell you one thing. This is the first time I see them in the wild, and had I not pre-ordered them and already had them, like, and I saw them today, like, I would have been like, oh, yeah, bop, 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 bop. <laughs> Even, well, I, I would have had a bit of buyer's remorse now seeing the prices of 42 something. 49.99 for the uh, credit collection cargo grief grief cargo how crazy is that it's, it's stupid it's toys r us specifically that are they've gone yeah 
it's it's kind of odd. They're in dreamland. I don't know what they're thinking. Good luck selling that. How about your uh, collecting update, Kyle? Um, <laughs> I'm not sure what's going on with my Razor Crest. We're kind of up here in Canada. We're still kind of waiting, and I don't know that anybody's really got their hands on one yet. And then, I got my hands on one. Yeah, I don't think you did. Yours. Uh, <laughs> funny. So I was uh, I was at work today. And I stepped away from my desk for just a minute. And of course, the phone, my phone rings. And I've got a voicemail. And I, even if it was, like, I never answer my phone. It's, I get so many of those uh, robocalls and, and scam, like, telemarketing calls that I just, unless I see, like, your name come up or mom's name or my wife or whoever, if I know you, I'll answer. If I don't, it's going to voicemail. And so I, I get a voicemail, like, five minutes after the call. I'm like, geez, that's a long, and sometimes, you know, you get the voicemail and it's just like hold music <laughs> and it just goes on because the machine is stupid. But this time it was like, it was FedEx and they're like, oh, this is, you know, it's, it was a, a automated recording, but it was full of details. Like we have a, a package we're drop, bringing off, bringing to your, to you tomorrow, uh, but you know, delivered by five need to make sure somebody 19 or older is there to sign for it. No problem. Here's your tracking number if you want to keep an eye on it. Great. And I, I, I'm thinking this is my this is my Razor Crest, and so I'm super excited now. Like I come home and I tell my kid that, buddy, Razor Crest will be here tomorrow. I can't believe it. And then I was just kind of like, oh, actually no, I I, to, I told um, Mac because he had posted that uh, something from from a Canadian Facebook group that someone there was told by U.S. customer service that all the U.S. orders would get fulfilled first, then Canadian orders. And I was like, well, that's funny because I just got a call from FedEx saying my, mine's coming tomorrow. Really? Like, that? Uh, that's weird, but yeah, keep us posted. Will do. And then I thought, oh, no. Because I had ordered some comics. <laughs> uh... I'm like, wait a sec. Is that it? Like, I didn't get a... Sh I got a, a notification that they were preparing my order. But not that it's shipped. So why do I have a tracking number if it's not shipped? And maybe they had just logged that number, like they've reserved a, a shipment for pickup tomorrow, and it's got that tracking number, although it's not FedEx hasn't picked it up yet. So I, I don't know. I have a bad feeling that it's actually going to be a, a shipment of comics as opposed to my glorious Razor Crest, which, given the news that Max found in his Facebook group. <laughs> It's uh, probably going to be waiting a bit longer, which is infuriating. It's so annoying. Like we have a distribution center here, <laughs> like 45 minutes from where we live. Hasbro's Canada, Canadian distribution center is right there. So why aren't they sending out the Razor Crest? Like this, that they, this was promised, like I think December of 2021. Then they bumped it to, I think, early January, then end of January. And then in early February, I got a notification from from. Haslab saying your ha your razor crest is coming and that you know that was like early february and here we are past the midway point still waiting on actual confirmation that it's coming and now based on what we heard from max thing maybe it's going to be late feb early march before this thing comes like it's ridiculous like hasbro cannot deliver anything on time Meanwhile, I keep seeing one like YouTube video after another and tweets. People, everyone's getting theirs. 
It's like I don't even want mine anymore. I've seen all the pic, pic all the pictures. <laughs> oh, I'm kidding. I desperately want it. I really want it badly. Yeah. Either way, I'll I'll be lurking around tomorrow. Something good's coming, right? Maybe. Pretend like I'm shoveling your driveway. I'll sign for that. Yeah, just shovel your own driveway. Anyway, um, yeah. I got a, I had a great <laughs> pickup anyway this week. It's I wouldn't even call it a consolation prize. This this is like uh, if you know Razorcrest is the top prize. This is one A. So I I wrapped up my first quest of the year. That being the all of the adaptation issues for Empire Strikes Back. I now have Star Wars issue forty two. What? Nice. Yeah, the first issue in that knock on the door is Mister Carlos. Let's bring him in. Yeah, so that's it, man. Star Wars 42 is now in my possession. First appearance of Boba Fett. And you know, I didn't expect to get this quest done so quickly, but it's done. What kind of grade is it in? It's a niner. Yeah, CGC? Yes, sir. Wow. And the the best part is I didn't pay for it. I mean, I paid for it, but it, the guy who the guy who uh, traded it with me said, he's like, I'm not looking for money. Like, I'd rather trade. Like, I'm not in this for the money. I just want to collect and have fun collecting. I'm not really trying to, you know, make a mint off this stuff. And so we talked for a few days and said, all right, let's do this deal. And he gave me a sweetheart deal. What, what did you, what did you give him? Stuff. Things. Oh, come on. <laughs> make it sound like you gave him nudes. No. Although maybe no, I would have. Maybe no. I would have. Maybe I would have. No, no, I him, he, gave uh, him, he gave him a box. He gave him a box of your your black series that were at your parents' house. <laughs> he just traded that off. Or some of my comics. How's what did you do, girl? Oh, How's shut up, Carlos. Doing? How's everybody doing? <laughs> yeah, no. So that's done. I'm I'm super super happy with that. That's that that quest is finished. Finished. I'm done. So now I get to sort of look at the grand scope of what I want to do next. Is it white pages, Kyle? Absolutely. Come on. What was this amateur hour here? <laughs> anyway, yay me. I'm happy. Carlos, how's your week been? Oh man, it's been uh, it's been a week, huh? Yeah. What are you doing? <laughs> what do you mean? What am I doing? He's like speaking into your shirt. No, uh, I don't know. Something happened with the. Um... The call there it kind of it seems like uh, it went. It's going through a filter for some reason. Yeah, you sound like you're on the moon again. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you, Carlos. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Well, I'll fix it. No worries. No worries. Who's worried? Anyway, so there there has been a bit of collecting news this week, Corey. Um, Hasbro, they're they're back on it. They're back with the the avalanche. Black Kersant and Black Series figure in that sort of comic book Legends series where it comes in like that that big size box with the Velcro flap. You open yeah. it up and it's got some. I kind of like, like the box. Oh, the box is great. The really cool packagings, but the figure itself <clears throat> is just dreadful. Yeah, it's horrible. It's a slap in the face. In all honesty. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to get like dramatic about this kind of thing. It's like whatever, just don't buy it. I think it was. I don't want to quote anyone, but I think it was Dave from the group that said, you know, it's like putting lipstick on a pig. It's uh, really something. 
Nah, it was it's it's it was a joke. I mean, I don't know if they 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 rushed because they wanted to get a black chrysanthemum, but it, the thing is, it's not even going to be out soon. So were people <laughs> going to rush to pre-order this thing because we just finished seeing them in Boba Fett? Yeah, it just it did not look like a good figure. It's basically a chewy sculpt. I think the the head is new, but the body is Chewbacca. It's too thin uh, for black chrysanthemum. The armor just looks like it's this cheap three D printed thing and. Yeah, dude, it reminds me of like our old He-Man or Ninja Turtles stuff, you know, like it looked garbage. It was like, no, 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 no. Like his armor should be built in directly to his body, I would think, you know. Well, oh, it, at least has, out. It, it has to contour at least better. It just kind of hangs off him. Yeah, like no, like it's it's cheap. It just looks so cheap. Yeah, it does. Like, it, it's it's really it's it's not fitting of the Black Series line, which is Hasbro's kind of premier offering. It's 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 insulting to to the fans who keep having to endure, you know, a, a terrible customer experience and rising prices like you wouldn't believe, and it just it keeps happening. And yet the the figure is terrible. Anyway. Moving I'm on. back. Yeah, there you go. Now you sound better. Yeah, no, it's because I had my I had my AirPods under my cans, and they jumped on, and my my computer was recognizing the AirPods, so that's why you couldn't hear me because they were actually <laughs> the AirPods were under my headphones. Now hear this, Carlos. Try not to let that happen again, okay? Why don't you shut the hell up? <laughs> I'm already fed up of you, man. Oh yeah. boy. Oh jeez. You could trouble me for a glass of shut the hell up. <laughs> You're in my world now. Yeah. All right. So just let's just wrap this up quickly here, Corey. Uh, Cad Bane. You saw the uh, the updated Black Series figure. Brock, I did. It. The Bad Batch. How, how do you feel about that one? Ah, you know, I might just wait for the Mandalorian version or the Boba Fett version. Uh, I don't know. Uh, yeah. Any Cad Bane's good Cad Bane, man. And I don't know how Rick got his ability the ability to pre-order one because i didn't even see it available on amazon well it's because uh, not you're looking in the wrong place <laughs> it was a target it? exclusive oh well. well we can't order from target anyway no you can you just have to have it shipped to an american address oh yeah eh? yeah anyway yeah i'm uh I, i'm i would probably get that one to be honest i think well if i see it on a peg at toys R Us. no actually you know what it's gonna be a, it's it'll be a toys r us thing here which means it'll be Probably the forty a forty nine dollar figure. So nope. You know you know what's kind of odd too, man. I was just thinking about this. Unless, unless he comes back. But <laughs> Cad Bane, you know, Fennec Shand sh like threw down with him during the Bad Batch while Omega was there. That was the connecting thread, man. Where Omega or Cad. Bane could have been like, your sister. <laughs> you know what I mean? He could have had that Vader moment. I suppose he could have. Maybe they already did. Maybe I would not be shocked in Bad Batch Season 2 if they weave in that first showdown between Boba and Cad Bane. Yeah, maybe they meet in Bad Batch, you're right. Uh, okay, so finally, with collecting, uh, Hasbro threw out a few more vintage collection figures. Axe Woves, who is... Uh, one of the Death Watch Mandos from Season 2. Uh, he was partnered up with Cosca Reeves and um, the other one, Bo-Katan. And yeah. uh, 
So Axe Wolves, Costco Reeves is, is the other vintage collection. And boop, 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 Migs Mayfeld. And that's a good looking, uh, that's a good looking figure. I'm probably going to jump on that one when it comes out. Does it look better? Like, see, that's something I, I've got bought the odd vintage figure. You know what I mean? For the card back and the cool coolness of the figure, like Afro or something like that. But uh, does his, because the Black Series sculpt looked just horrible. You know what I mean? Yeah, he looked, so he, he looked like, a bit like uh, melted wax. So I'm not going, I'm not going for it. Like, even though I really want one, I'm like, just because it's Bill Burr, not because yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, same, Mayfield, same whatever. Thing. No, no, the the vintage collection one looks better, and also you know you got like the vintage collection art is right there, so you see his big dumb bald head. It's right there, <laughs> so there's no mistake in it. So I will almost certainly pick this one up. So that's yeah, it. For sure. Carlos, how you doing? How's your week been? Let's try this again. Yeah, it, it's been a week, man. It's been uh, yeah. I can't, I can't, I can't give any, uh, <laughs> nothing really positive to report, but, um, <laughs> oh no. Yeah. No, but it's, I mean, whatever. It's just been one of those, like, is it, is it May yet? Like <laughs> I'm fed up already halfway through February. Wish it was March. Yeah. No, I hear you. It's, it's enough now. Yeah, the today was was so gloomy, man. It was uh, it was a tough uh, it was a tough. I don't want to do the weather thing, you know. That's like it's very it's bad out there right now, man. Yeah, it's coming down pretty hard now, and uh, so we're probably gonna get like uh, close to a foot of snow in twelve hours. So it's um, it's a nice dumping. It, oh, yeah, it's gonna be great. Driving home from work today was so weird. It was just like the whole ride home was just foggy and gloomy and yeah, thick gray overcast stuff it was it was not something you see in the winter but anyway yeah but other than that uh i didn't really do any star warsing uh I, at least i don't re- recall if i watched anything uh i definitely didn't buy anything um yeah so it uh it is what it is but some of the news uh some of the news that came out this week was interesting and uh some nice things that we could look back on and and give a little little shout to so that, at least that was fun because i was expecting this week to be deadsville and it is kind of still yeah deadsville. I, I called it like two and a half pieces of news and even like at that it's like ah, okay we'll we'll make something out of this but it's not like oh my god you can't believe what just happened except for one thing that happened today actually which is which is going to be the exciting bit that we'll get to nice but yeah so jumping over to the news um so last week we spoke about uh, a report of an unannounced project that Lucasfilm was working on called Grammar Rodeo. And it's suspected of being a live action uh, show for Disney plus set in the high Republic era with, and it's got this uh, stranger things meets star Wars vibe. And so <laughs> this week we have a little more to touch on. So according to the Illuminati, uh, casting calls are out for ki- for kids uh, between the ages of 10 to 12 with, you know, various uh, character profiles. So things appear to be taking shape on that front. So the, ca- and, you know, the characteristics are, I'll link to the report in the show notes if if you're interested. Uh, no need to read <laughs> the whole thing here. Uh, but they're they're kind of what you think of if you thought of a quartet of, of kids in a Star Wars show. Like one of them is, uh, you know, action adventure kid. Um, another one is this, the opposite, like the sheepish kid who sticks to the rules. Uh, they've got this nerdy book smart, 
yeah, yeah, I guess you call him a, a bookworm kind of thing. And then you have like the the rebel of the group. So there's this mix of characteristics uh, that sort of counterbalance one another and provide, looks like it provides like a, a potential for conflict within their little group. So that's also kind of cool. So, uh, Corey, what do you think? We we didn't talk this week uh, or last week. I think you cut out <laughs> last week during the show when we spoke about this. Um, how does this whole High Republic show sit with you? Yeah, I'm kind of interested. I mean, like, they can do no wrong still to this point. You know what I mean? Uh, everything thus far has been just amazing. We've talked about, you know, playing outside the sandbox for so long. And, uh, yeah, I'm kind of intrigued to see where this can go. Like from a kid's perspective too, is always super fun, man. Like Goonies, uh, Stranger Things. Those are, you know, those are cool shows, man. Like, or movies, whatever. You know, uh, it's got potential. We'll say, we'll say that they just gotta, you know, they gotta capture that lightning in a bottle, like they've been doing somehow. Yeah, and you know, the other thing we touched on last week is that you know, we, we said like you know, they're talking about four kids here, but there's going to be an adult on the show to sort of anchor the cast and give something for adult viewers to latch onto. And yeah, sure you're enough, Brandon or your Hopper. Yeah, exactly. So, and the report does say they're also looking for for an adult in the thirty to forty age range. So, Carlos, we did it. Nice, <laughs> we got that one. If that was ever even a question, but yeah, I guess we're still on the same page as as far as like, yeah, sure, this show sounds cool. I, I I'm into it. Uh, has has your thoughts changed at all? No, none whatsoever. I, I we need more information, like. Uh, I think, and we don't know when, when it's going into production. So there's like, okay. Well, if there's uh, guess, casting calls going on, that would, that's gotta be soon. You would think so. Yeah. If they're, if they're, if they're searching for those kids now, you would think, I would think that the production is shooting would probably start happening late summer, maybe in the fall. Yeah. I was going to say six months probably, but, yeah. um, yeah, no, definitely. Uh, but but we're, we we don't have like any news, no, as far as to what it what it is. So it's like okay, whatever. Uh, how could news of that sort for that era pique your interest more than Obi Wan? It, it's hard. Oh, it's you know what I mean. It's, it's hard. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, r- right now, there, uh, I'm a one track mind guy. Right now, when it comes to Star Wars, and it's give me Obi Wan, give me Andor. You know, yeah, I mean, those, it, those are the, the closest things on the horizon to us, right? As yeah. far as live action goes. So, yeah, we're going to be hyper-focused on that for the next little while. Do we have a, a release date for Acolyte? Nothing, huh? No. Ahsoka started filming? Uh, I think late March, early April, that starts shooting. Okay, so that's going to be out before Acolyte, probably. Yeah, uh, sounds I like think it. So. Yeah. yeah, so, yeah, so there's, 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 I, I welcome the news. I kind of like that it's it's uh, this whole thing is is not going to be part of the the MCUification of Star Wars with what we're getting with all the other stuff, mm-hmm. uh, which is fine by me. I have absolutely no issues with that. Um, actually, I think Acolyte falls into that 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 as well, unless unless there's like a, a lore connection with what they're going to show us to uh, what ends up being Thrawn or Snoke or whatever this whole thing leads to. Yeah. I feel like Acolyte is going to be 
almost like a bridge kind of show. If, if, if it's, I think it's set at the end of the High Republic era, mm. which sort of kicks off the beginning of the prequel era. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So I think there'll be like almost like a handoff in terms of lore from that era to the next era, which of course then bridges all the way to the Skywalkers, which is cool. And part of me can't help but wonder if, you know, this cast, they're probably original characters because why box yourself in? But I got to wonder if some of these characters are characters that we've already met in some of the High Republic stories, like, like a, you know, well, for sure they're going to have some Easter eggs and whatnot. I would think for sure, so. Yeah. I would, I would hope that they would cast and put a, a live action face to some of the characters that we know, but some of like, some of the people we know in High Republic, like Wreath Silas, he's a bookworm. And that kind of matches up with one of the profiles they're looking for. Uh, like characters like, like Keeve Trennis and Imri and Vernestra Rowe, you can kind of look at that profile and go, yeah, I can see this being that character. Just, you know, younger versions of them. So they, they would take place slightly before all the stories that, that we're currently reading on the High Republic. I could see that happening, mm-hmm. but you know, chances are they were probably, you know, original characters or, or maybe, the, you know, maybe they're younger versions of like mainstays like Stellan Geos or Avar Chris and Elzar Man. Maybe they're, maybe, maybe that, maybe that's what, it, that would be pretty cool too. That allows them to go back a little bit further. Whatever they can do, whatever they want, and I'm going to watch it. And it's you know, High Republic is still pretty new territory, so I'm sure that would be cool. I'm into that. All right, uh, let's move on here to the next one. And again, it, not a whole lot here to, to go on so far. Uh, according to FilmMusicReporter.com, Oscar-nominated composer Nicholas Britell Britell has been hired to do the score for Andor. And uh, if you've never heard of this guy, uh, I wouldn't blame you because before today, I didn't either. <laughs> but uh, looking up his credentials, he's done stuff on Succession, um, Moonlight, If Beale Street Could Talk, Don't Look Up, uh, Cruella, and a bunch of others. Um, You're setting the bar really high there, Kyle. <laughs> well, there's some big productions there. Succession is... No, I'm talking about you. What are you it's talking like, about? Like, it's like, well, I didn't know. <laughs> well, I, usually... You know some some of the big name composers you might hear of, but uh, the guy's I'm joking. You you know your music thing. I mean, you're, I don't know. You're, you know your composers. I know some. That's what I'm saying. I'm like, oh, who's this guy coming out of left field? But then I, you know, I I knew nothing about him until today, and so you know, I I spent I spent an hour or so listening to some of his music today, and I, I like what I heard generally, and it's style wise, it's a bit all over the place, so it's hard to say exactly what we're going to get but yeah i I don't think it's going to be sort of like a uh a redux of michael giacchino's score for rogue one or just like a remixing or sort of like the the spiritual successor of i think it's going to have its own its own style yeah i don't mind if there's like certain precursor to look at that stalking (laughs) sorry um yeah no uh (laughs) No, no, I, I, I don't mind if there's like little flares of Rogue One in there, and like if there's maybe like Cassian's theme, uh, you know, kind of plays off that. But I mean, it doesn't have to be a full 
remix of, of, yeah. the, of the, the score, you know, like you don't need this guy to just, yeah, just do what me, Michael Giacchino did. Just make it, make your stuff sound like his. Yeah. No, yeah. no, no. As, as a creator, personally, if, if I was a composer, well, I am, but I mean, not, not a, a score composer. And if somebody told me, Oh, make it like that. I'd be like, okay, so then why don't you just call him? Like, like he's going to do it better than me. So if that's what you want, then go get it from I, him. I, I, I agree with you guys, but I, I feel like like you'd know more, Carlos. Like there, I feel like there's a way of like taking Andor's like theme and kind of like making it different, you know, like taking just little hints of it and like throwing it in there to, to where it's like this is a precursor to Rogue One. So it's not it's not going to be maybe as like uh, mm-hmm. developed or whatever. Like, I don't know. They just take it in a different way. You know what I mean? Like, but like it, it still be familiar to what we know. Yeah, it's like how Giacchino kind of remixed and to, like reinvented almost like the Imperial March for the for the uh, Vader hallway scene. You know, like that. Yeah, that's the kind of thing that you can totally shake up something that you already know, and or or you know, deconstruct it a little bit and and whatever, whatever you can do the stuff like that. But you know, it's, it's like Carlos, if you got if you went to do a gig and then the the, the patrons just said ask you to do covers all night. Oh, yeah, Wonderwall. Oh, that's that's how to lose me. That's check, please. <laughs> yeah, I, I've I've literally I, I've literally like I, I probably lost a crowd or two uh, with this response. But like, I kind of look at people in the crowd and it's like, really, really, <laughs> is that is that what you're doing right now? Yeah, I don't you mind. If, I don't really? mind if I go to a bar and like, you got an orig- someone doing their original stuff. Cool. If they do a cover or two or three, cool. But if the whole, like the, unless I'm going to see a cover band, which I'm intentionally walking into, like, I, I don't want to hear the, uh, yeah, do Wonderwall or play the gambler. <laughs> no, the thing is, is like, you, you could scream out whatever you want, but in theory, unless the musician says, does anybody have any requests? If you're not cheering, and wooting and hooting and hollering. How about the big, 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 big glass of uh, shut the f up? How about how about that? <laughs> like if I if I'm not asking you what you want me to play, it's because I already know what I want to play. You see this paper here? It's my set list. There you go. There's there you no go. blank line for insert insert Willie's request here. Exactly. But the thing is, is like yeah, like if if you're going to see like if let's say I. And this probably might happen in the next uh, in the next couple of months. There, once things actually really start opening up, um, once all the the vaccine mandates and the passport mandates are gone and stuff, and and you know entrepreneurs can actually fill up their places and make money, um, I, I'm probably going to be doing a city and color tribute. There you go. Um, and then that's a different story. That's a like totally car- as advertised. Then Car- Cardos Cardos presents City and Color, whatever, blah blah blah. And then if you come there and I'm playing a bunch of songs, and then all you want you want me to play your favorite City and Color song, and you scream it out, different story. Different story. If you go see Leonard Skinner and you yell out Freebird, totally understand. If you watch a cover band and you yell out Freebird, you're a bit of a loser. <laughs> Unless they ask you, <laughs> unless it's a Leonard Skinner tribute tribute band. But like, <laughs> what if I scream out 
do your version of Andor's theme. <laughs> I would uh, ask security to escort you from the premises. That's that's what I would do. Get him out of here. I wouldn't go anywhere, and I'd gladly be if I was there. Shut up. You've already come and seen me play. Don't be a douche. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was drag kicking and screaming. <laughs> that was fun. It was a good night. It was. It was fun. And the beer was nice and cheap, too. I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> you don't remember the guy only charging you for one pitcher? <laughs> I don't know. Oh, okay. Let's let that float off into the ether. It's all good. <laughs> it was like four years ago. <laughs> did you ha did you have to swear though? Oh. <laughs> oh. Wow. Wow. I, I guess you did. It's all good. Corey being Corey, people. Yeah. Unbelievable. Making all that <laughs> time code. Time code. Time code. <laughs> uh, good times. Anyway, um, something. So, so in the aftermath of this news, uh, something I was wondering, like. How strong is the link between your favorite Star Wars movie and your favorite Star Wars soundtrack? Mm. And for me, like I'm like that's pretty strong. Like Empire yeah. is my favorite. Empire movie. is a, it's solid. Yeah, you know, it's the 27 Yankees for me of of soundtracks. It's just it's killer. So they're both number one for me, and A New Hope is number two for me across the board. And then it gets a little bit weaker, but you know not by, not by too much, but. I'd have to look into it a little more and think about it there, but I love the Mando music and that's right up at, on the top of all Star Wars. Yeah, I was just discussing this earlier, like uh, Mando, the Mando thing. I, I, we, we, I, I, when it first came out, I had, a, I had a lot of harsh words towards that soundtrack and towards the score of the Mando. And I've kind of accepted it now, but it's definitely not close to my top. I never listened Star to Wars it. Scores. I listen to the main theme sometimes as part of like a playlist. But the rest of it, never, almost never. Well, a lot of the rest of it, almost like a lot of it's like, well, Western-y, but some of it's just like almost like ambient sound. <laughs> just like sound, yeah. man. Yeah. I, well, I that's, a, that. that's a style, right? It's a lot of percussion, a lot of uh, electronic stuff. Oh, wind, a lot of wind instruments as well. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's uh, definitely not like the the pomp and circumstance of all the, the brass from the originals, you know, just a... Uh, the, the Star Wars theme. Mm -hmm. um, it's, a, it's a hard question though. Like I'm on the same page as Kyle, like Empire, both movie and, and soundtrack are pretty much at the top for me. Like, again, I think that's like a, one of those just scenarios where it's like, uh, like a magical moment, you know, like the people making the film, everybody knew that there was something really special about it. Like again, like capturing lightning in a bottle, but uh, I don't know. I, I think, the correlation is in very interesting, but here I think it's like uh, to say these two and like to prove the point is kind of I don't know. What what's your favorite? Because I'm thinking about like as far as the whole, I don't know. It's tough, man. Because I think the best for me, like what what speaks to me the most, was always Revenge of the Sith. Uh, I just, I love that soundtrack, but I mean, I watched Attack of the Clones last, uh, when was it? A couple of weeks ago. And that soundtrack really popped out to me. Um, but I didn't like the, the way it ended. 
there was just something about like you know cutting from scene to scene and the music changing like it, it felt very abrupt and there was but the, the, there's there's elements of every movie where there's one specific track in every movie that's like oh my god and that's just a credit to john williams like that's just like it's incredible if like rogue one is one of my favorite movies and i think my favorite uh favorite track of any movie is that that you know the battle of scarif the uh the master switch yeah and uh there's just like the, the, the just the tension in in that piece is is incredible and also that that little fake of going back to the main theme and then coming back to the master switch which that that's like i love that misdirection in the music which was fantastic but that main theme of rogue one is like very meh to me and um but everything else is is quite cool and we we do get like a little bit of the like you were talking about earlier the 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 the, the hallway scene and um we get a little bit of uh we get some of the ot stuff in there you know which is which is nice of the prequels, I think episode seven is probably the best score out of out of, out of the three movies. Sequels, you mean? What did I say? Prequels? Yeah. I'm sorry. Yes, uh, of the sequels. It's okay. A lot of people pretend that sequels don't exist. I no, no, no. I, you. <laughs> I don't do that because I'm uh, I'm an adult. But um, no, I, I I think yeah, I think uh, the Force Awakens soundtrack is the best of the three. Uh, it just feels more cohesive. Um, but uh, it's tough, man. Like, does well, it equal the best movie? I don't know. Like, I love Empire. Empire and Rogue One are at the top of my list. But there's something about the prequel music. I think that's John Williams' strongest work is in the prequels, to be honest. Hmm. Interesting. And and um, and let I need this to be extremely clear. I'm I'm as this is my judgment as a musician. What what I like like structurally about those soundtracks. Not to say that the original trilogy, obviously, I mean, it, it's the basis of everything. And but I still think that Empire soundtrack is way better than the original. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, I, I you know, like I said, it's it's the twenty seven Yankees of soundtracks. Yet, A New Hope won the score that year for best for best original soundtrack. Yeah. No, I did, but I but it was also that's like when uh you know uh Shakespeare in Love wins best picture over Saving Private Ryan. It's like like it, it got all the flowers that year, you know? And uh those late nineties, man. There were people were uh, who was making these choices. But I mean Shakespeare I, I'll be honest, Shakespeare in Love is one of my favorite movies. It's a, I, it's I a good really, movie. Yeah, I enjoy that movie. I saw it in theater. So did I. I actually went alone to watch that movie. I was uh, on a date. Good for you. It didn't go well. And <laughs> shocking. Well. <laughs> Whatever, man. It was like what 96, 97? It was like seven, 16 or 17. I think it was 98. 98. But... Yeah, 98? I think it's 98. Okay, whatever. It was 17. Yeah. Shall we let's, let's, let's ask Oscar. Google? Shakespeare in Love. 1998 film. Corey, yeah, you were 17 absolutely. years old. Yeah. You well, know I what I he... love? Sorry, go uh, ahead. Either way, like it's undeniable the link between music and emotion and film. You know what I mean? Like it's also like tied together. And Star Wars just does it so well. Or John Williams has, has done it incredibly well. And like 
one example of that outside, like my favorite part of well, one of my favorite things about Star Wars is Rebels, right? And I really I got into the music, and there's certain uh, episodes where it's like uncanny. Like was that Kiner? Yeah, Kevin Kiner. Yeah. So I don't know if you've seen you've seen Rebels now, Carlos. Remember this episode, right? Where they're it's called Journey into the Star Cluster, where like they're using uh, Zeb's staff to like they're all using the force together and uh there's like a crap ton of violins going off and it's called journey into the star cluster anyway it's hold on just... hold on I, I have two things to say uh rebels uh hashtag not my star wars shut Zen, up hashtag not my chewy <laughs> just just flush this guy kyle concept <laughs> concept art chewy <laughs> well, i say, uh, I say the, the live action uh Lasats were quite disgusting was there a live yeah. action Lasat? Uh, we saw them in, in Mando, no? Did we? On the on the uh, when Migs Mayfeld was when we freed him. Oh, uh, I don't remember. I'm pretty sure I'll that was supposed to be Lasat. Anyhow, my own, at my own risk, I will take your word for it, Corey. Well, it could be one of those like, oh, you think we all look the same? <laughs> but I, I hope not. I, I'm pretty sure it was, but it was quite wretched looking. My favorite part of this podcast is Corey misremembering everything. I love it. Anyway, Journey into the Star Cluster. Do you remember that, Carlos? It's, it was almost like a Van Gogh on screen. And like it's almost like as, as the viewer, because of the music and like obviously the visuals, but more so the music. It's like, I swear to God, when I watch this episode, every time I watch it, it's like I get goosebumps, man. Like the fact that they're all using the force, it's like I'm getting sucked into this star cluster with them because of the music though it's so intense like i oh man it's amazing i don't remember that piece specifically but no the, the music for rebels was 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 very good the only problem with with a 22 minute show like that is that it has that formula of television yeah yeah, you're where, right. It was made for television, that wh one. Where the three acts, you know, usually of, of like a TV show, they kind of all, you know, fit the same template. So the music in, in television shows kind of does that too. Like if you watch Full House, you know that like when Danny Tanner's talking to the girls, you know you're getting that specific type of little piano <laughs> yeah. music. You know what I mean? So yep. it's like... The, when, the when more you, you know kind of music. Pretty much. And it's okay. Like that's that's the point of what I think this all boils down to in the question, and, and it's it's all linked and rooted in our emotions, right? Like it's so familiar to us. From we just get it. Like this music means that. This means that. This means that. It's a language unto itself, but it's like a universal language. It's really interesting. Well, yeah. And and I guess the like, better it is, the the closer you are to something. Maybe I don't know. Well, I, yeah. That, that's I, I you know it's something I was trying to think about, but. I can never separate my own feelings of the music from the movie, but like, I, I can't think of another movie or set of movies where the music plays such a key role in the, the overall experience as, as star Wars music. I can't think of one. And I'm sure there's, well, there's, there's some that are up there like Jurassic park, back to the future. Uh, well, yeah, but okay. Goonies. Yeah. No, don't oh, come on. That had a great soundtrack. Yeah. But a lot of it was like, yeah, yeah oh trash cool nice shut up carlos oh i don't know God. what you're talking about he never seen the goonies 
I have. I've seen it. I just don't like it. So I shit on it. That's my prerogative. Wise. <laughs> it's impossible. Yeah. But yeah, you think of the Jurassic Park soundtrack. Like I, and if, I, I'm not a huge fan. Like I, I like the movies and it's John Williams music originally, but beyond no, that like that main, beautiful. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah. But beyond yeah. that theme, I can't name you any, I can't think of any Jurassic Park music. No, but and when you hear it, it's, it's, when you hear it, it's instantly recognizable because my, my, my son is watching, is there a show on, on Netflix or Disney plus Jurassic world, something that's camp Cretaceous. It's amazing. There you go. There you go. So my son's watching that thing. And every now and then, like some of that score comes in it's like, oh my God, so good. It's such good music. So fun to watch with my son, man. He's loving it. Yeah, no, I don't have the patience, but, um, yeah. Yeah, uh, guys, I'm ha- I'm having a hard time sitting on the couch watching anything these days. I don't know. It's just it's not happening. Legend of Korra. Korra <laughs> just randomly starts listing off shows like Rain Man. What are you doing? Oh, my, dude, it's my, so good. I can't. My I middle can't guy, Korra, you'd love this. My middle guy is actually enjoying uh, the Last Airbender. Dude, you should be watching them. That that is Star Wars. That shut like, your mouth. I don't want the to. early Jedi. It's part of the same universe. Okay, it's canon. <laughs> Hashtag make it canon. It is. Uh, it's just a planet out there in the Star Wars galaxy, I, man. I just can't get over the fact that it's Avatar. It just says Avatar. Like I'm out as soon as like oh, so anybody good. says that word. It's like, oh yeah, really? Bye. Well, honestly, I'm just a, a fan of like really good classic storytelling. And Avatar and Korra just knock it out of the park, to be honest. Cool. If you guys had to like pick, can you like pick nine, nine tracks? Let's go 11, 11 tracks. One from each. No, (laughs) no, I'm just saying one from each movie. Would you be able to do a playlist of just one theme from each movie? I wanted to. I've wanted to do this for the longest time. Is just you know now that we're done with the Skywalker saga, I wanted to like okay, let's let's do our mixtape of like your favorite Star Wars tracks, like and like pick one or two from each movie. Love it. Makes for bad podcasting though. <laughs> it, it makes for, well no, not really. If we come up with a list and we we cross reference the list, I, I think it, uh, it would be fun for the listeners. Listeners, let us know. Would you like to hear our list? I know as a listener of other podcasts, I don't necessarily know I'd want to listen to something like that. <laughs> Unless you spliced in music, then you're spicing it up a bit. Which I'm not going to do. a lot of work for you though, Kyle, right? I, I'm not doing that. <laughs> no, but we're not splicing in music, man. Five years ago, I would have done it. Not not anymore. Yeah. Sorry. I, I, miss, I miss James for that. We, we need James just <laughs> to do the splicing. Well, even he burned out on his pod. Just yeah, the, exactly. the amount of work they put in. Oh yeah, no, that's that was completely craziness. insane. Yeah, no, but uh, no, I think uh, I think it would be fun. I, I mean, if if we get a couple of uh, people saying, yeah, yeah, you should do that little segment, like maybe we could do that. And uh, I think the hard part is going to be like our favorite movies, just picking one. You yeah, know? yeah. yeah. That would be the and format, we, like one one piece of music from each of the either nine or eleven movies. Yeah, I would say, and we we'd have to like exempt like the main theme, the force theme, and and Yoda theme, and cre- yeah, ab- yes, absolutely, and because that just ropes in like four or five different themes. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Or or you could do 
one. Okay, there, there's the formula. It's a, you get eleven songs total, one opening, and one fin- like one closing credits, and then in between you get your nine. Hmm. Okay, so you're doing your own score. If you had if you had to score a movie with all the existing tracks, yeah, you you could do your in, but your intro doesn't have to be the the fanfare, right? I don't know. Uh, who knows? We'll figure this part out. But yeah. Okay. Anyways, work in work in progress, people. Working send it us, out. Uh, send us your lists. Nobody's gonna do or, that. But I want it. I want to see it. No, I think there's gonna be two people that send us our list. That's the over under. Over under is two. Oh, we got set at two and a half. Hmm. One million. We're talking about like two and a half, one million, right? Oh yes. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Anyways, I think it's fun. Through. I think we could do that, especially if we're gonna be like uh, steering into like some dead weeks. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Uh, okay, let's uh, let's pivot from talking about Star Wars music into talking about Star Wars music. <laughs> One more time, guys. The Look most exciting news of the week, no doubt. Uh, we talked about him an awful lot tonight. John Williams is back, baby. Yep. This is news that broke just actually a few hours before we got on the mics here. Um, so Latino Review Media, they had a report earlier today uh, that uh, John Williams, John Ething Williams, is coming back uh, to do some music for the Kenobi series. And actually, I don't know if, if that it's fair to say it's their report. Uh, they just sort of brought it to light a little bit more because it was on a, a podcast or a video cast, a YouTube video. I don't even know what I'm saying anymore. Um, where the one of the guys on it said that he was he had heard or had seen that uh, at a recording studio in L.A. John Williams was in there and the, the and Kenobi was on the door, uh, which got everybody of course excited. And then uh, Variety also ran their own report later today, and uh, you know I think that basically means we can take it to the bank. So, but I think it's it's up in the air as to whether he's doing the whole thing. Or if he's just doing a theme for Obi Wan, like similar to what he did for Solo uh, back in 2018. But yeah, man, that is amazing news. Considering he said he was done with Star Wars after Rise of Skywalker, this is nothing but good news. Yeah, I, I think I think this could technically really be the end, unless they get Daisy Ridley back. <laughs> it's be like, I'll come back for Ray. Well, they have a Ray theme, right? So. That part yeah, of the problem well, is that there's it. not really a, a true Obi-Wan theme. There's stuff that's associated to him, but there's nothing that's... What did he say about her, though? He, he said something about Ray that, like... He... Well, he didn't uh... want anybody else handling her music. Yeah. And he felt sort of, like, paternalistic about the character, like a grandfather, kind of. And he, he wanted to sort of foster that character's musical journey from start to end. But, uh, you know, of course, if they bring her back in a Disney Plus show or another movie, he may or may not get that opportunity. I'm sure until he says, I'm retired fully, or until he's just not able to do it, he will always have, like, the right of, uh, first right of refusal? Right of first refusal? Anyway, he will always get a crack at it if he wants it. But, uh, man, Carlos, you got to be thrilled too. We're getting a little bit of extra bonus John Williams here. 
No, for sure. Uh, yeah, I was uh, under the impression that he was retired completely, but uh, he's been working on some other stuff. He did the um, uh, the uh, Indy Five. Um, and did he, he do Indy Five? He's going. Yes, he did. Is it done Sweet. or is he doing it? I don't. I'm not sure. Mm, I don't know. He's getting together with the Philharmonic in the next couple of weeks. You guys didn't read the the uh, the article, apparently. So it's all good. Um, yeah. No. I, and I, I was happy to learn that Obi Wan never really had a theme because his theme was kind of the Force theme. Yes. Yeah. That was sort of his, and then it just the Force became the Force theme. And so yeah. Obi-Wan was kind of like, well, he's kind of a themeless character, as as was Han Solo for a long time until 2018. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, the Falcon kind of had a theme. So I always I always kind of put that with, with Han Solo. Yeah, but, that's fair. Uh, yeah, but no, but uh, no, he has his own theme now and it's good. But uh, yeah, it's surprising considering that Obi-Wan was in in the prequels. And for a lot of them, like he's 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 on the screen uh, on the screen quite often, and he never never got his own theme, which was um, which was surprising to me. Yeah, and it also made sense at the same time. It's like, oh yeah, it's true. But um, no, definitely cool. I, I I like that. I like that bit of news, and uh, it's our it's all it's already done. So yeah, looking forward to hearing it. Well, whenever you hear it, like when it, you know, whether it's the Andor show or the Kenobi show, they're putting music to the stuff now. So, which which means they have to have some pretty tight edits done, and they have to have a lot of material worked out so that they can start slapping in and cutting in the music. So it just makes it feel like we're getting to the finish line with some of these things. Yeah, uh, that that that's incredibly exciting because these and he's ninety, man. He's ninety. Like, just, just turned like a week ago. So it's like I'm, you know. Like, don't don't want to be dark here, but like, he doesn't have much time left, you know. Not 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 only as a composer, but as 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 a living human being. Like, but like, I, I think I feel like things <clears throat> of this nature, like writing, composing, uh, they're not they're not doing him any harm. Let's say that like they're definitely. Uh, I feel like there's an association there between like keeping his mind so active. And being alive, ah, for sure. You know, if it's if it's his calling, it's his calling. It's going to give him reason to get out of bed in the morning. And you wonder what happens when that calling is no longer calling. I thought, well, I thought that way about Bob Barker too. You know, I thought this guy's been rolling out of the rack for forty years, <laughs> walking out to that stage with that stupid little thin microphone. And I thought for sure that within a year of of retiring, he's done. He's finished. He's not, he's, he's going to just not wake up one morning. He's still, he's like, what, 97 now? Ba-dum, ba-dum, he deserves it. <laughs> Bob Barker. How old is that boy? 98. Like, he's yeah, 98 exactly. years old. And he's. He had a close call a couple years ago then, huh? I don't know. Yeah. He got, he got into a brawl with a golfer. And, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but the price was wrong. They brought yeah. that bit back. They did? Yeah, a few years ago. And Sandler got his ass kicked again. Actually, in which he, movie? It wasn't in a movie. It was uh, like some little bit they, they did for either for some sort of TV show or 
I don't know. It's the Super Bowl. No, it was not the Super Bowl. But yeah, no, he uh, he actually he went back to Prices Right at one point about six years ago. It was on. Uh, it was for some sort of holiday, and he came out, and it was like people just went crazy. <laughs> Dude, he was a staple man of, of our lives, of course. And now we have Drew Carey. Who? Yeah. Anyway, uh, let's celebrate that news. John Williams is back, at least in a limited capacity. But uh, nevertheless, it was, uh, as Palpatine would say, a surprise to be sure, but a welcome one. Hmm. All right. Well, that's the news for the week, guys. Nice. That's it. Nothing too crazy, but uh, some neat stuff in there. And look at that. Look at that. We we stretched it out. (laughs) We made a podcast of it. Not bad. Not bad. Are we ready to wrap it up? Yeah. yeah. I want to ask Carlos a question first, though. All right. Go ahead, buddy. Uh-oh. Okay. Are we about to fall into a rabbit hole? Maybe. Uh-oh. Here we go. Carlos, in the film, The Empire Strikes Back, oh, Han decides to leave the rebellion due to a bounty hunter they ran into on this planet. Ord Mandel. Yes. <laughs> that was a lobber. That was like Carlos range. Oh, let's get, let, let's get into Kyle. Let's get into Kyle range here. <laughs> Kyle. I know I'm supposed to Darth Vader issues to the game. Yeah. On Darth Vader's chess piece oh, that has some writing on it. What language is it written in and what does it translate to? If it's not Orabesh, I don't know. And uh, I'm on and off. Like, what, the, what kind of question is that? I don't know. I thought it was so cool. Isn't that cool? There's something written on his chest. It's not in Orbesh. It's an ancient Hebrew. And it translates to his deeds will not be forgiven until he merits. How cool is that? Palpatine's like, what does that say there on your chest? Well, I don't know. I got this from someone else. <laughs> I'm not telling anyone. It's totally not Sithy. It's totally Sithy. Yeah, but though. is it upside down so that Vader looks down and can read it? Or does he have to look at it? Is it is it backwards so he has to read it in a mirror? I'm not or is sure. I've never to the even person looking at him. I just thought it was a really cool piece of trivia, like the fact that, like, I don't know. I've I, I don't feel like I've ever heard that before. Uh, that breaks canon because there is no Hebrew in Star Wars. So ancient Hebrew, dumbass. <laughs> how, how 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 much how how ancient can it be if it already takes place in a galaxy far far away, like a long time ago? It's ancient, bro. <laughs> this is just yet more evidence that Lucasfilm doesn't care about us. They don't care about the lore. They don't care about continuity. These these I honestly vandals, feel like, uh, these vandals who take care play, of these movies. Vader's playing they the fire have, there too, though. They should have painted like the, all these Disney Plus edits. They should have painted that out. They there, there's no Earth language in Star Wars except for the words. Maybe that they come did. Out of I don't know. I've never seen it before, to be honest. So mad. Well, in the original cut in 77, there was power. <laughs> yeah, there was English stuff on the Death Star controls. Well, I, 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 just, yep. I just think what's written on it, too, is so cool. His deeds will not be forgiven until he merits. Like, that's totally like a Jedi Redemption style. Like, that's why, like, that's bold, man, wearing that in front of Palpatine. Like, Palpatine, that's where he, like, spent all his resources trying to decipher what was written. <laughs> like, what does it say? God damn it. That's bold, man. 
to be putting for like what's that supposed to mean anakin <laughs> like or how's this kyle this this one's more up alley this is more fair okay in the clone wars a group of astromechs dub d squad is on paper led by who on paper yeah well they're led by this person but you know technically they're more led by r2 but who is their commanding officer i am talking about me on kyle get the hell out of here with your weak sauce trivia beat it yeah that was that was did you would you have got that carlos no, I would have said R2. Okay. See? A lobber with Ord Mandel. I'm really glad you got that, though, bro. If you would have been like, bleh, I'd be oh, like, if I didn't get, get that, I would, oh, I would hear it from Rick for the rest of time. <laughs> yeah. Love me some Steven Stanton. Absolutely. Cool. All right. Let's wrap it up here, boys, for another week. So. If you want to catch up with any of us, uh, we are in the Tumbling Saber Facebook group. You can come and hang out there and join us and have some fun. Uh, Twitter handles in the show notes. That's uh, that's where you can find us there. Uh, otherwise, emails, you know, your thoughts and questions, your playlist to tumblingsaber at gmail.com. And we will get them into an upcoming episode. Uh, that's it. Don't forget to subscribe, everybody. Hit that like button wherever it is and uh, leave us a review somewhere. Let us know you did that. We'll put that on the show, too. So that's it. Thank you guys for spending time with us this week. Uh, the time just flew, uh, and we hope you enjoyed the pod. But until next week, everybody, continue staying safe, and may the Force be with you. Sitting here for hours, looking at that child. Pages getting wider like a mirror to myself. Struggle for the answers, questions frighten me. Circles getting wider, it's harder just to see